I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to another episode of Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, your host, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian, and I'm ignorant. That's the point. I am, I'm trying to learn. That's why we're here. You can learn too. Ah, did I say that too fast? It's a real problem. Uh, so is my jet lag. It is almost seven in the morning in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, and I've been up since four because time zones are a thing. <laughs> and hopefully whoever my neighbor is in this, uh, hotel, question mark, uh, hostel, uh, Johannesburg experience that seems like small rooms in the back of someone's home, uh, that I found on hotels.com, uh, isn't being woken up by my loud ass voice. I mean, I don't think so. If they can sleep through or like endless horns honking and uh the happy birds outside i'm sure i'm one and the same uh i don't know what i'm saying listen if you're new to the podcast don't go away it gets better than what i'm doing right now uh please subscribe rate and review on itunes uh it really helps lord i need water uh you can follow the podcast on twitter if you're into that kind of thing uh at blessed podcast uh, uh if you're really into that kind of thing i'm also on twitter and i have fun at jms comedy uh that's also my instagram so hit me up see my photos uh been posting a lot on my instagram story and i'm uh in africa now so some cool stuff uh if you're into you know staring at other people's photos uh, i'll show you pictures from the apartheid museum and then just uh i don't know whatever i do at three o'clock in the morning when I'm still awake in my room, such as recreating uh, Sleepless in Seattle, but calling it Sleepless in South Africa, and it's just me and a man uh, in, on the calendar that is hung in my room. Listen, you guys, I digress. Let's get to the episode. My guest this week is Nicole Amy Schreiber from Oxygen's Funny Girls and Comedy Central's Roast Battle, and uh, the soft part of my heart, who I just love so much. She's one of my best friends. She's just a genuinely great person and also a brilliantly funny comedian and uh and i adore her and we talk about bipolar disorder because uh she is diagnosed with it and uh we dispel some myths we confirm some things that people think about bipolar disorder and uh we learn that there are different versions just a lot of fun stuff and at some point obviously it's i wonder if i am bipolar because uh i mean if you know me i think that's obvious but 
But also because like just mentioned any illness and I'm like, how can I wonder if I have this? Is this about me? Because I'm a hypochondriac and I'm a 90 year old Jewish man trapped in a 20 something year old uh, young Jewish woman's body. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to it. Enjoy. Um, I should probably turn off my white, white noise maker. I mean, no. I mean, I feel like it's part of it. Let's just get into it. Okay. You should guys, I leave it on? I, th- I think. Why do you? Okay, wait. You guys, my guest is Nicole Amy Schreiber, very funny comedian, which Hello. I will have already told you about in the intro and stuff, but I feel like we should, I should have an, in, I should, I don't know, say hi to you on hi. the microphones. Hi, everybody. It's me, Nicole Amy Schreiber. We're laying in her bed. Okay, wait. What does a white noise machine do? Um, it drowns out the noise in my head. Wait, is that real? It's a white noise maker. Well, is actually, that what I have it on for? brown noise. I have it. Yeah, it drowns out I noise. got a brown noise maker, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's what we were just talking about. Before the podcast started, we were talking about farts. Because if you don't think farts are funny, you're a bad person. You really, like, what planet are you from? Yeah. Wasn't that the original joke? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine, like, the first time someone farted? Like, Oh, I bet cavemen. I bet that's all they had. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what it is. Or they couldn't even talk. It just farted. They go... And everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And then they beat each other with clubs. Uh, they probably just, one person probably farted. I bet everybody could fart on command. I bet everybody had a lot of meat in their diet in like Neolithic times. Do you think the like king of the tribe was whoever just farted the loudest? Yes. <laughs> you just fart to a certain, di- like the stinkiest farts are the, <laughs> whoever had the biggest farts or the biggest dick. We're so mature. Oh, wait, no, what it really, what does a white noise machine do? Is that a thing? It's a, it's just, it's, um, a lot of people use white noise makers if they have babies. It's just you can turn it on really loud because white noise eventually just you to don't drown hear out the it. sound of your baby that you don't want to uh, hear crying. <laughs> Is that what that's for? That's what I use it for. <laughs> um, I I just started using it when I lived in New York, and in New York there's so much noise it's hard to sleep. So you get a white noise maker and then you don't hear any noise outside. Oh, because that it's a great thing to have on so the road. By the way, turn it on super loud. Uh huh. And, but so, so that drowns everything out. But for some reason, your it brain, d- your brain interpret- it. interprets it as nothing. And you can like sleep. Like it's a fan uh-huh. or something. Like a fan. Yeah. Oh, what's There's an app. Fan? There's an app. Just search white noise um, and take it with you on the road. It's great. I feel like I have such fatigue that I need like, what's the opposite of white noise? I need black noise to get me up. Like, yeah. <laughs> a black noise machine. It's just like, get up, girl. <laughs> I'm going to hell. Oh. Oh, man. Right now, I'm actually using a brown noisemaker, um, which is just the streets of Calcutta. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, is I, that an actual thing? Yes. There's white noise, brown noise, and pink noise. Oh, what's pink and noise? I think black noise is an actual thing. I don't know. Here, I'm going to play you the different levels. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So this is brown noise. It sounds like static. Uh-huh. Well, they all sound like static. Here's pink noise. That sounds like static with anxiety. It sounds a little more high pitched. It just sounds like someone going <laughs> for a really long time. And there's time. white noise. It just sounds like various tires having air let out of air let out of them. And here's brown noise again. This is the one I like the most. They say brown noise is best for creativity. Do you think that this is a load of shit? I don't know what it's good for exactly. All I know is I need it to sleep. I think that it's sending messages into your brain. Well, what I'm about not that? I'm happy about the person I've become because of this, but. 
Uh, oh, Tell the sorry. world, speak in the microphone, you say you're not happy about who you've become. <laughs> I'm not happy about the person I've become, but I have a squatty potty now and a white noisemaker that I sleep with every night. So you're just the most... I feel like you're just someone who like opens Sky Miles magazine and it's like, I need all of this. Yes. So I remember Sharper Image Catalog, Sky Mile magazine, Brookstone Catalog, whatever catalogs that had stuff uh, as seen on TV. Oh, good stuff. God. I'm the biggest things. sucker. Oh, I love stuff. I love stuff so much. Do you know the petty egg? Have you tried the petty egg? No, but I, that sounds like what comes out of my body is yeah. petty eggs. They're just like, yeah, but these motherfuckers, I ain't having a baby. And they just drop out of me. <laughs> oh, God. You're just talking shit. Wait, okay. Let's dive in. You guys, I know you thought up until this point that this was going to be a whole episode about white noise machines, but sort mm-hmm. of. I mean, I mean, you know. Um, we're talking about uh, bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Bipolarity. Uh, so you are diagnosed with bi- bipolar? I am diagnosed with a, a degree of bipolar called cyclothymia. 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 I want I want to read uh, definitions of bipolar because there are three classifications of bipolar. Um, it used to just fall all fall under the umbrella of manic depression. And I don't know at what point it... Um, they decided that wasn't... What, was that just not PC? Or is they just so different? I don't you know. Think? I don't know. I, mean, I think when know, they were going from like the DSM... I don't know what DSM... Four to five or whatever. Like four to five, they changed it. Because um, they're like, we need an excuse to print a new DSM so we can make money. Yes. They but, just want it. Basically, everything is... Um, everything is just a gimmick to print new copies of things to force people to buy new copies of things to stay relevant to stay relevant and borderline the borderline page is still just a question mark and a therapist mm-hmm. going like oh god I mean <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody understands bipolarity but whatever Um, so here I'm going to read you the definition are you ready okay I'm ready bipolar one disorder is a bipolar spectrum disorder characterized by the occurrence of at least one manic or mixed episode. Most patients also at other times have one or more depressive episodes and all experience a hypomanic stage before progressing to full mania. One in bipolar one disorder, you experience psychosis. Oh, I got a cousin named psychosis. Uh, he lives in my head. The difference with bipolar two disorder is that the latter bipolar two requires that the individual must never have experienced a full manic or mixed manic episode, only less severe hypomanic episodes. Um, mm. Okay. So another thing, um, so level one right. is like the, the most level bipolar, the, highest, the most, but level one is the most bipolar. You're like the most bipolar, but yeah. you're, I'm cyclothymic. So I'm considered a rapid cycler. So my moods go faster. Um, this I, is extra. I know it shouldn't be funny to me, but I, that makes me laugh. Cause I know how much you use. You, you went through an obsessive period of going to cycling classes. Yes. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, I love my cycles. My soul cycle. <laughs> I really do love spinning. I'm <laughs> yeah, really, spin. I'm I couldn't think of the word. Uh, she's, oh, she's a rapid cycler. Oh, she's bipolar. No, no, no. She loves cycling on the weekends. Yes. She's a long distance rider. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me read. Let me read. Um, let me get the exact definition. This is bad podcasting right now. I'm sorry this if is you guys want to kill yourself. This is the most. Because yeah. yeah, all my listeners are also bipolar. Um, everybody's bipolar and suicidal. 
Um, okay, so cyclothymia, which is what I am, specifically definition. It's a type of chronic mood disorder widely considered to be widely considered to be a more chronic but milder or subthreshold form of bipolar disorder. Cyclothymia is characterized by numerous mood swings with periods of hypomanic episodes that do not meet the criteria. Uh, for hypomanic episode alternating with periods of mild or moderate symptoms of depression that do not meet the criteria for a major depressive episode. So basically so they're like, you're like something, but you're not like bipolar enough. Yeah. I basically, I never bottom out at the bottom of depression and I never top out at the top of mania. Do you ever think when you're real high mania or really low depression that you're like, Oh, this isn't as bad as it gets. Yeah. I mean, you're like, people is, get is, worse. than this. It is crazy reading this because Knowing how bad I feel when I'm depressed. By the way, hypomania is literally the most incredible feeling in the world. Oh, everybody! For sure. I should, for sure get hypomania. I've never been diagnosed hypomania. with this, but it's like, wonderful. You feel like you can do no wrong, and everything's going right, and that life is so good. Well, I mean, there's so many questions attached to this. First of all, on that note, uh, well, what do I want to ask first? Uh, how old were you when you first started noticing? Like, did somebody else have to point this out? Somebody else pointed it out. I didn't. Well, growing up, one of my best friends was bipolar. Uh, so I knew what it was because she was my friend. And yeah. um, she was just always way more out there than than all of our other friends. I remember one time when we were, I don't know, in middle school, we went uh, skiing and one of our friends... Margot broke her arm <gasps> skiing Ooh. and Maya my best friend was so jealous of her that she broke her arm skiing that Maya was a cool started, story or what it was a cool story I don't know what it just in Maya's head it just she just really liked it thought it was really cool thought she wanted to do it too Maya then proceeded to throw herself dry, down the mountain to try and break her arm too wow yeah and when you're, I feel like, and they're at that age, was she already diagnosed bipolar or were they just like, Ooh, she's very dramatic. She's at that I feel age. Like when you're a kid, it's just like, Oh, you're a drama queen. At that point she was diagnosed. But yeah, I mean, did, did most people were just always like, Maya's crazy. Maya's crazy. She's really like hyper and like crazy and out there. And yeah, she was diagnosed in middle school. I would say she was diagnosed like maybe like 14, 13, 14. It, but that's interesting. Cause like. To me, that sounds like when when she's like, oh, that's cool. I want to break my arm. Then it's like, I wonder how she approached being bipolar. If she's like, yeah, I'm bipolar. Like, you know what? There wasn't a stigma. We didn't know the stigma of it then. Like, it was, then it was just like, it just is what it is. It, it is what it is. It was. Oh, well, then she got sent away to like a uh, like a boarding school. Oh, um, in was that one in Colorado? I can't remember the, where the boarding school she went to was, but she went to like a behavioral school. Where mm-hmm. she was like a real big shit disturber. She used to short sheet <laughs> people's beds. Uh, she was delightful. But um, she sounds fun. Oh, she's amazing. Well, she passed away, but oh. she was a wonderful person. She hanged herself um, in 2007. There's that other polar. Yeah. Um, it was November of 2007. My friend Maya took her life. Uh, I'm sure her husband had asked. Sorry. What? I'm sure that was very rough. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. The, my whole life changed. My, that, Maya's death was both the best and the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It was the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened to me because I lost one of my Dearest best friends. friends. Yeah. 
And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it helped me wake up to my own life. Yeah. Were you already diagnosed bipolar at that point? I was already diagnosed. I was diagnosed uh, when I was 22. Was that, uh, what, was there an episode that led to the, okay, I need to do something? Mm. Or was it? No. Well, when I was diagnosed, I had been seeing a therapist through college. Okay. If your therapist, if you've been seeing a therapist and they make a quick diagnosis, your therapist has no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Bipolar is... Your therapist is bipolar. (laughs) Yeah. Your your therapist should be disbarred and and probably go to an institution because they too are bipolar. But no no therapist should be making a diagnosis that quickly. Uh, It took a while. I'd been seeing this one shrink for probably... shoot two or three years yeah in college okay and then she told me that she had felt that i was bipolar you know after years of assessment and uh yeah i mean I, there were just a lot of factors you know my i i'm a very mood swingy person mm. um i'm i'm very impulsive uh one of the diagnostic features and this is a joke in my stand-up but it's true one of the diagnostic features of being bipolar is being promiscuous Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that bit of yours. Um, so I remember the first time I heard you do it, yeah. I was like, eh, "I'm probably bipolar." Yeah. <laughs> like just being like, I, I think I feel like I should never go I tell to that joke. Someone self diagnosis. Every girl is like, "Oh my god!" And every every time I tell that joke, there's a guy who's probably like, "My girlfriend's bipolar." So, oh yeah, yeah. He's, and they're like, "Thank God!" Did you okay when you first, when you got the diagnosis? Did it feel like uh, a relief? Yeah, it was definitely a relief. Or was it like a... It was definitely a relief because it was like, oh, that's what's wrong with me. You you can put oh, a, a... You can point yeah. a thing at it now. You yeah. go like, okay. You can... It's the sort of thing where it's like, you know, once you get your diagnosis, you can, quote, start the healing process. Yeah, because before it's just like, you're just going, what is this? Why do I feel yeah. this way? Yeah, and it's a lot of times... I think it was the sort of thing where it, it definitely explained a lot of the malfunction I had had in relationships with other people yeah okay and it definitely explained um you know i had a couple ex-boyfriends i you know would treated them pretty badly and it kind of explained why i was such a bitch to them yeah because i guess until you it yeah that makes sense because i feel like until that point if you have this history you're just going what am i doing wrong yeah and you, you go think like, you're you're like what's wrong with me and then you actually find out there is something wrong yeah with you. but does that feel like a sentence i know that i feel like that could be like jarring Uh, where like i I see how someone could feel hopeless it definitely under the wrong it definitely didn't feel like a sentence because you know maya was maya was i mean granted i was cyclothymic and maya was bipolar too uh it didn't feel like a sentence no it was just like okay that's what it is now how do we go oh i now now i understand why i get along with maya so well you're like oh Mm -hmm. so you know your um mania cycle sync up like periods Oh my god, that would have been beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Uh, That's probably what happens in mental institutions. Oh, uh, I mean, what a like a horrendous experience when people are depressed. But can you imagine just the beautiful musical of a hypomanic oh my floor god. in a oh. psych ward? Everyone's just like oh, cleaning so their great. padded room with a toothbrush, and they're oh, like, "So great, God bless the medical system." Oh, and they're <laughs> beautiful. I mean, I bet it's a real using syringes as darts. <laughs> I love the idea of manic episodes syncing up. Uh, um, let's see. Let me see. Okay. Do you, uh, so 22. So you've, you've been diagnosed for a while now. I've been diagnosed for a while. Not that long. Cause I'm not that old. Cause you're not that old, but like, so do you, um, 
Since I've been diagnosed di- for at least 10 years. Let's leave it at that. Oh, damn. Damn. But she looks like she's only been diagnosed for like three months. Am yeah. I right? Like, uh, right. you're 22. You, um, do you have noticeable triggers when like, uh, when an episode's coming on? Are there things now that you go, are you good I at being like, kind of, yeah. So in mental illness, there are, um, two categories there's two ways of categorizing mental illness. There's something called ego dystonic and ego syntonic. Okay. Um, ego dystonic means it's separate from your sense of self. So, you know, if you're sick and then ego syntonic is within your sense of self, it's like attached to who ego, you are. You can't even separate. Ego. So you don't, it's not as easy to treat. It's not as easy to, um, understand that you're sick. Those are the personality disorders. Okay. Personality disorders are the really hard thing to treat. Um, cause there's not as much self-awareness for example, cause it's like ingrained a, a psychopath. Yeah. Um, psychopaths are very hard to treat because in their mind, they're fine. If you tell a serial killer who's a psychopath, uh, what you're doing is wrong and you shouldn't act like that. They can't understand that. They can't, can't comprehend that. Yeah, it's like, why? And it's like, well, they'll be like, what a- are you talking about? I'm fine. Yeah. That's, do you think, um, This is a question that someone's going to get mad at. Uh, and I don't like, I like, I always tiptoe around mental illness things. Do you, do you think that intellect plays into some of that? Yeah, totally. Like that it's like some of the, some of it, the self-awareness comes from like, if a person with just a higher intelligence versus. I mean, most, most uh, sociopaths and serial killers have higher IQ. Interesting. That's true. Um, uh, hmm. And I don't know. Do you think, well, here's the thing is that I feel like I've noticed with myself and I, and I hear the, this sort of repeated at in like fucking self-help books, which I am like, go fuck yourself as I'm like, but if I could get one through, get through one. (laughs) Self-help books to me are the most stressful thing there is. Well, it's like, if you've had to read like more than one self-help book, guess what? They don't work. But like, yeah, not to mention there's one self-help book that's being like, love the way you are and then there's another book that's like now change how to change yeah and you're like what do i do and then there's the third book you get is you're officially bipolar right that's like, my problem oh that's, yeah my, that's i hate you bipolar. don't yeah. leave me yeah um the awareness of emotions i feel like if you're actively working and trying to better your emotions that comes with time because i think for me i don't know if you feel this way i think yeah, I there was a time where i couldn't where i would just be manic or be depressed and i wouldn't go oh i'm i'm depressed oh i'm sad i'm this i would just be in it a big "Ah." well that's what well that's what the difference between a personality disorder and something like bipolar it's ego dystonic you can you can be told you're not okay you someone can hold up a mirror to you and you can see yourself and be like oh it might not you might not be cognizant of it while it's happening yeah but when somebody holds a mirror up to you you're like oh okay yeah i get it you're like oh yeah i'm not I'm not okay. Oh yeah, I am being, you know, manic or oh, I am depressed. Um I think it's harder for me. I don't necessarily well back before uh, like the start of things. I think I enjoyed being in a hypomanic and a manic episode so much. Yeah, see that's interesting is it like cuz the highs are amazing. They feel good. Like do you okay, so uh I always ask, you know, friends and stuff like when i'm doing an interview like oh do do people have questions or like you know that maybe you'd want to ask and this is something i think about all the time is that uh i'm very vocally opposed to pharmaceuticals 
at, at as many costs as possible, like which is weird because I have a an autoimmune disease, and I'll take them if a doctor's like you got to do this. But I worry with any type of antidepressant or whatever about it dulling my creativity in general, but also like losing the highs. Yeah, like would you? So, like I know someone who's really who's I guess would unipolar. They're just they are chronically depressed, mm-hmm. and they asked you know if you could get rid of the bipolar and just be level would mm-hmm. you be willing to give up oof the main um yeah i would yeah because you'd I rather would. just you're like i'd rather i would feel... rather never experience depression ever again in my life i will i would give up i would give up hypomanic episodes and, and manic episodes to never be depressed again yeah that's interesting because i like man when i've got that like high energy yeah. i'm i like yeah like, I'm like, would I get anything done without this burst of energy? Do you, like, I know you're, like, like obsessively organized mm-hmm. uh, and are, like, the queen of to-do list. Do you make to-do lists of things that you're, like, I'm definitely not going to get to this, but I'm keeping the, this list for when oh, I yeah, have. Oh, yeah, I have to-do lists. When I, Like, this is my, when the when the episode comes, when yeah. I'm manic. I don't put, I don't throw away any to-do lists ever. Okay. I just have an Unless ongoing. Unless you complete it? And I, I've never completed a to-do list. Has anyone what I sociopath to completed a to-do a list? A psychopath. You're so right. Like when people are like, like just use post-its. I'm like, my wall is covered in post-its yeah. now. I mean, it is. I have post-its that say just use post-its. You are, a, you're a, that's, you're the scariest person on earth. If you can get through a whole to-do list or you just didn't put enough on there. Yeah. And in that case, fuck you aim higher. That's so, uh, I mean, it's so true. What's, uh, I love, I have, I have such an enjoyment though to cross off something off a to-do list. Oh, it's like, pleasure yeah i think the next time i have sex as i'm coming i just want to have a to-do list at the side of the bed and just check something off oh yeah just draw a line through it do you ever get like uh (sighs) i know that like with your diagnosis and you you explained up top that it's not quite as severe as it can be with like bipolar one and two Mm -hmm. uh have you ever done anything in a manic episode that was like way out of control in terms of like do you have that you've like oh i really Should've burned a bridge that. or i literally burned no, a bridge. no i've never i've never gone that far um there's a there's a documentary called of two minds um it's actually uh it's about a bunch of different cases of bipolar one of them is my friend maya oh wow um but in it in it they show you people who like have you know done some pretty fucking crazy shit and i haven't luckily I mean, I definitely had a lot of sex in manic episodes where it's like in theory, I'm like, well, that was probably risky, but that's about as. Yeah. But that was like, you know, I mean, I still I didn't I didn't ruin anybody's life and I didn't ruin my life. Yeah. Uh, It could be worse. I think for me, the part I struggle with the most is really where the when the mood swing happens. When you go when you go from manic to depressed to depressed. Yeah. Are you at a place now where there's not necessarily triggers, but. Um, and I hate being like, I do this. Cause I'm not saying like, I'm also bipolar. Like that's mm-hmm. not, I'm just like drawing from my own experiences just with emotions in general. I've only just, I've always had mood swings, but I've just now gotten to a point where I can go. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, I'm, I'm suddenly sad for some reason. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like cognizant of yeah. the swing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is so weird. Cause people are like, you know, it's like being aware is 
is one of the steps to, I don't know, because you're like, yeah, I just know. I still feel like shit. Yeah. It's like when you feel it happening, oh, it's because you're like, it's, it's, it's almost like a mushroom high. We're like, no, 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 no. Come no, back. No, come back. No. Come back. Oh, it's really, I mean, it's, I think that depresses me. That makes the depression worse. Cause you're like, oh no, I'm going away from the good part. Like it's, it's like such a, a bonus being, being hypomanic hypomania because full-blown mania is crazy that's when you like ruin your life it's the hypomania but just getting enough where you're like just super it's fun. a drug it's a drug it's a drug anyone who who experiences hypomania will tell you it's literally the greatest feeling in the whole fucking world but then the swing happens and everything starts to go to shit and you're just like bye it's you know what going from mania Going from hypomania to depression is like going into the sunken place. Oh, where you're just like, like Mom. you see That's the light like uh-huh. going yeah. away. The, you see the light up there. You know the light's still there. You're just like, I you're can't like, get I to can't it. Get to it. Can't That's get how I describe my depression. Is that it's like it's like you're in this hole. You're trying to climb out, but like you can't get a grip. And yeah, like, you're you can't. Like, and then eventually you're just, just like, like, well, I'm just gonna stop balloon. trying because it's yeah. not even close. Well, and, then it's just exhausting. Yeah, and it's really, it really is. Um, I I think the first time I realized how debilitating uh, my mood swings could be was when I was with a guy, I dated a guy when I was first diagnosed and I didn't tell him what was going on, but he would just, he would watch me have mood swings and he would be like, Whoa, what just happened to you? You were so, you were, you were losing your mind depressed five minutes ago you went into that bathroom you came out you were like a different person he's like did you just do drugs in the bathroom i was like no what what are you talking about i'm fine i'm great let's go do stuff this is alarming to me (laughs) you're just like wait this is me well no because there are times where i like and i've been telling people this as like a like i have this new thing with my depression where like if i'm feeling real bad Instead of being like, because for a long time, I think like a lot of the struggle for me with my depression or like that maybe other people do is this like, I'm not going to be depressed because it's such a, such a frowned upon thing to be yeah. sad in our society. So instead of being like, oh, I feel sad. It's like, nope, mm-mm, not me, not to, and you're like trying to fight it, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, it's not just a frowned upon thing, but then people, you eventually feel like you're just a burden. Yeah. Well, what I've been doing within the last like two years is like, I just lean into it. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, Oh, I'm sad. All right. Come at me, bro. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm going to like lean in, have a good fucking cry. And, but I'll like sob, I'll sob my ass off to some like sad music. Mm -hmm. And then I'll literally be like, all right, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's, I think that's healthy. Oh, a hundred percent. I think so. I, and I don't ever want to sound like I'm negating mental illness. It's a, it's a very real thing, but I do think some of people's emotional struggle is like the not want, like the, mm, I'm not going to be sad. Cause it's like that. Well, that's, that's the thing too, is when people, when you bring up bipolar, people are like, would you give up the mania? And it's like, Oh, because it's so okay to be happy. But yeah. we live in a world where it's like, Oh, you're sad. Ooh, Ooh, you should see a therapist yeah it's like well you get some crystals and don't talk to me like people don't want to deal with it and that's why that's why whenever i'm depressed i just go into my little hole in my room like i am now in my bed um yeah well and it's like it's hard right because it's like it's i mean first of all 
my ability to sleep. Oh, I mean, if it was a sport, got shit on depression. I tell you right now. I mean, boom, I can sleep anywhere. Oh yeah. That's why I said, I don't need the white noise machine. I'm like, my white noise is just existence. It's just like, what? (laughs) A moment to stop talking. And I just am like out. I can sleep sitting up, standing up. Yeah. Here's the thing about depression. I don't know if you experience this because it's like you get hypomanic and you're, you know, getting all things done. And then you're like loud and fun. And it's like, here comes Nicole or whatever. Yeah. But I think a hard part about being depressed, like you said, oh, you, I just go into my bed. I go into my sunken place. Mm hmm. It's also like people don't want to give you the freedom to do that sometimes. No. Like it's like when people, oh, are you okay? Is everything yeah. okay? It's like, well, just let me like be in it for a minute. Like yeah. let me, I'll be fine. Yeah. Don't try to pick me up out of it. Yeah. That that was always an annoying thing to me where I would have friends who'd be like, okay, well, what can we do? Let's do something. And I was like, I, I'm like, you can't. I am paralyzed right now. I'm literally paralyzed by depression. You know, it, it is true though. It is true. Once you get moving and you just get out of bed and you go do something, it definitely helps. It, like it I remember help. the other day, you and I, you would you messaged me in the morning about like going to do something, and I was like, <laughs> "Yes, okay, let's just go do it." And we did something. It was like we went and got breakfast or lunch or something. Yeah. And I remember like before you called, I was just in this bad place in bed. Yeah. And then I went and spent time with you, and I felt better. And sometimes it's just, you know. I do think medicine is a necessary thing for for bipolar, but I do also think there is a lot of behavioral therapy that can be done for people who are bipolar. Yeah. And it's not doing, one thing. It's not one thing. I think being being bipolar, the course of treatment is definitely nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just understanding your body and your mood swings and being able to identify them you know, Saturday, Saturday night, two nights ago, last night, what day? I don't even know what day of the week it is. Um, oh, me neither. Oh, Monday. Two nights ago, I was crazy. I was absolutely crazy. <laughs> I went to a show. I drove a, myself and a comic to a show and we were in the car and he was like, you are going to kill us. He's like, you are driving like a crazy person. Oh, and wow. granted, I drive like a crazy person a little bit, but I was like the worst imaginable. <laughs> He's like, you were just swearing and and honking. And I was like a crazy person. I had like <laughs> road rage, but there was nobody in front of me to be raging. And I was just like <laughs> raging at everybody. Um, I think that I just, I think cars do that to me. Yeah. I mean, I get what a mean in a car. Mean, mean. Everybody was a cock sucking son of a bitch. <laughs> and, we did, and like, I don't even think it's a problem. And my boyfriend recently was like, wow, you really get angry when you're, cause I'm like, otherwise not really an angry person. And it's like not everyone who's ever harmed me, I'm taking it out on other every people single on the person, road. Yes. Every- it's like, I'm not mad at yeah. this guy that cut me off. I'm mad yeah. at like, a boy who didn't want to be my boyfriend You're in like, middle school. You're like, fuck you for not calling me back. Die, you son of a bitch. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> what happens to me, too. Uh, maybe you are bipolar. Oh, God. Well, I mean, I yeah, had a, a therapist once try to suggest, just brought up the word borderline, and I was like, I can't come anymore. I don't have time in my schedule. <laughs> I recently met a girl who's borderline, and uh, I didn't meet her. I knew her, but she told me she was diagnosed as it, diagnosed as it, and I was like, duh. <laughs> You're like, yeah, uh, your hair's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, you just spit You've on me, bitch. you shaved your head four times. You know what? And in quadrants. You know what's so funny is that when that happened, and this was like, I was going through a heavy, de- like a depressed 
period. It was like 2012 where I like went to the therapist for a while. And then I, I rarely talked to my mom, but I was talking to my mom, which it says a lot about my relationship with my mother who I love dearly, but that I have to be in a, in a, in a bad place to be like, yes, calling my mom. <laughs> I was like, yeah. who do I call? Yeah. But I was Why like, do you think you reach out to your mom? Cause I felt hopeless. There was a point where I was having a conversation with my stepdad who was like a monster and I think is an idiot. And I was like, I don't know who to talk to. So you, so is your mom like a source of comfort for you? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know why I reach out to her. It's like this endless reaching out for a thing that's never going to give you what you want. Yeah. But like, that's my, my old therapist used to call it the well, the emotional well. Yeah. You keep going to the well and there's no water there, but you're like, but you'll keep going back to it because you're like, well, the water might th- be there the next well, time. But in our defense, it's because it's like, yeah, it's a fucking well. There's yeah, supposed there to be, be water, water there. It. But occasionally there will be a thunderstorm and it will fill up with a little bit of water. So you'll get to the well and you'll be like, oh my God, there's some water in there. And they're like, but this it's is not water. enough this, water. This water's not for you. Yeah. Or this water's contaminated. You're going to have to come back. Yeah. No, for sure. Because it's like, I mean, it's also like some sort of conditioning in that like, I also asked my mom randomly for financial advice and my mom has no money she's like so bad with money and i'm like hey what should i do about this or like love advice and i'm like oh you don't know anything but there's still this like deep-seated like your mom is supposed to know those things it's my mom i feel like all moms are supposed to know those things yeah i would definitely never in a million years go to my mom for love advice oh i mean i've learned since and i think in the last like four or five years especially i've gotten much better at like our relationship's much much better because it's very casual which sounds sad but like it's the best it's ever been all yeah. we can do is like every once in a while I'll check in say hey how you doing how are things yeah and that's does your mom listen to this <clears throat> do you think she the other day i posted for people to like subscribe and rate and review and she's like do i have to download apple music and i'm like don't worry about it mom which yeah. like and, and it's and i always feel like i have to clarify when i say things because she does try to like listen to things and support me and like i love my mom we just have a tumultuous relationship she's mentally ill and like what's her mental illness borderline so yeah. like when i yeah, offhandedly to said to my mom i was like ah, i don't know i was like really in a really bad like depression like suicidal which we'll get to me asking you about that in a second because mm-hmm. i've accidentally made this about myself it's okay no i like it. i like talking because about I'm you a, i'm taking over the podcast blessed with nicole amy schreiber <laughs> blessed i um i just said something about like eh, i don't know the therapist said something about i'm reading about this because the therapist like said something about the term borderline and she's like well yeah of course people with borderline mothers are predisposed to being borderline as like, excuse me she's like well i'm borderline you're the classic child of an alcoholic and i was like no remorse about that she just yeah. said it very matter of fact Ma- very matter of fact yeah which is so uh, borderline so her. borderline uh but then it just became this like oh god i don't want to be like my mother and then i was like i'm suicidal which is the most like my mother thing i could possibly do yeah uh I don't know, but that was like, I think jarring to me because yeah. this thing of like, but it was the same thing where then I start reading about it and I go like, oh my God, I do do this. But that's, I think the hard part about like you walk a line and depending on who you hear things from when, when anyone throws out even a possible diagnosis, it's like, I don't know about you. I get pretty obsessive. So I'm like, oh, what is here's this? The thing, here's the thing that if I can recommend something to anyone, if anyone feels like they might be bipolar or they might be borderline or they might Google be any, free quiz. I'm kidding. Um, get a free <laughs> quiz and then base your whole life around that quiz. Um, <laughs> actually, just head over to BuzzFeed. I'm sure they have a quiz for it. Yeah. They're like, which um, borderline Disney character are yeah. you? And they're like, you're the mom from Rapunzel <laughs> or whatever. And your dad is Kylie Jenner. <laughs> um, but I would definitely... If you're gonna, if 
you're really going to do one of those quizzes, don't answer the questions yourself. Have someone else answer them about you. Find someone who's close to you and have them answer it. Cause like you can't actually see yourself the way you really are. Well, and also like if you're in a like depressed place or whatever, yeah. you'll be like, I am this, you know, you're like, yeah, I do and, do these. Things. And if you do, if you do go to a therapist, I think, I think one of the best things to do is have someone with you who's close to you who you trust to go with you to the therapist because they'll be able to give the therapist a different part of the picture that you're not able to give. Yeah. And I think it's better. I think it's more uh, efficient when it comes to getting an accurate diagnosis in therapy. Yeah. Also, uh, be honest with your therapist. Yeah. I know that sounds insane, but I have friends yes. that have been like, I, I lied to my therapist. Yeah. And I'm like, why the fuck are you Everybody going to Everybody lies to their therapist. It's really sad. I didn't. But I would just, I literally went in and I treated it. I was like, I got an hour to get these tears out. I would plop down and be like, here's what's going on. You would, would you cry every session? I didn't mean to, but like I went in the first time. I'm like, I'm just going to try this. I'll talk to her. And I just like, yeah, every session. I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's so weird because you're like <laughs> and then like well it's time to it's go. time to go yeah you're that's like, what I always thought was weird anytime okay. and I'm like I have abandonment issues I can't handle therapy yeah <laughs> hilarious you're like this hour's ending too soon like, oh god you don't want me here the, um, the, the therapist I went to uh, for the longest running therapist I had I went to her for probably oh gosh 10 years straight Oh, wow. Yeah. So she knew you. She knew me really well. And, what happened? And uh, I couldn't afford therapy anymore. Oh, I know so someone whose therapist going. killed themselves. Oh, no. I was like, oh, no. Oh, that sucks. But also, like, you should get, a, if your therapist kills themselves, you, you should, should get, get a f- refund in the will. Yeah. A th- that should be built into all therapists' um, contracts. Or contracts. Something. If the therapist kills themselves, you get a piece of their estate when they die. Oh, God. And then you find out they've just been hoarding cats yeah. and you're like, I've been getting advice from a person that was worse than me. Oh no. I, you know what? You know what? That my makes therapist, sense though. I bet my therapist, I feel like my, one of my, this therapist I had, the one who I was with for a long time, I feel like she might've been a cat lady. You no. know, yeah. Maybe. You know what though? It makes sense. Cause like, I feel like therapists are trying to help so many people mm-hmm. or, or if they're at the worst, just trying to find what's wrong with people. Uh-huh. But like, I think that's a, a thing that people who are hurting or have their own issues do. Cause it's like a, deflection you don't have to think about your own issues yeah i'm so caught up in like oh my clients all therapists are fucked up period for sure i mean all people people are are a little fucked up but yeah i mean i wanted to be a child psychiatrist i'm so fucked up well to have it where you want to like i want to hear this child's problems and like psychoanalyze what's wrong i worked in a mental institution for children it was magical oh my god (laughs) magical i got to sit in on a review of a boy who had conduct disorder because he was cutting the heads off of fucking chickens Oh my god! It was He's a serial killer for yeah. sure. Well, conduct disorder leads to antisocial personality disorder, which is what serial killers are. Oh man! Yeah, call me, call me. Uh, I mean, he's probably he's probably in his like twenties now. That kid. What's his name? Is it Connor McSpadden? Uh huh. McSpaddy wagon. <laughs> is it my boyfriend? I mean, it's possible. It's very possible. Uh, what a sweet angel. He's a sweet, sweet man. Should have held on to that boy's name. <laughs> he's out there somewhere probably trapping up small people i bet i bet that boy's still institutionalized there's no way he got out of that system how do you okay oh god that's so sad have you ever been uh into a psych ward i have not been in the psych ward i've been the into the 
admitting the admitting hold for 24 hours yeah what happened um, suicidal uh suicidal yeah um did you attempt or you just like i gotta I'm so going uh, to. maya my friend who killed herself she killed herself it was november of 2007 and i just started to lose my mind after she did and understandable i mean i'd always you know dealt with um dark dark thoughts but they just kept getting darker and darker and my reaction to maya dying wasn't sadness as much it was just jealousy i was just so jealous and then i judged myself i was jealous that she was free and i judged myself because i'm like she's stronger than i am she was able to go through with what i was never able to go through with yikes but you were cognizant enough to go okay that's not a good i wasn't cognizant enough of it luckily um maya and i had a uh best friend logan and logan is my closest friend in the whole wide world and logan and i were hanging out one day and i started crying and tell we were talking about maya and i was like i'm just really jealous I'm just really jealous that she was able to make it all stop and she doesn't have to think these thoughts anymore and she doesn't feel have that to way. feel this way anymore. Because I feel like, sorry, no, go no, continue, no. I'll finish. No, but it's like you want it to stop. Well, that's, yeah, like, that's what, how I feel when I get suicidal is a lot of times people go like, someone commits suicide and, you know, people who sort of know them are like, you know, he seemed like his his life was together. I don't understand, you know, like he had a family he had a good job and to me it's always been when i'm suicidal it's it is never my my life has been terrible at moments like on paper like things are actually not going well uh but i've never been suicidal in those moments and i don't know if it's just because like you have to buck up and i didn't have time but like to me my well i don't know if they coincide to me my suicidal moments have always just been like you have that feeling it's like that overwhelming depression and it's not that i hate the way my life is it's just like i don't know how to turn this off yeah and you, I, you get a, you just get tired you just get tired of your mind constantly for me it's it's like a sad spiral my, my mind ping-ponging between you know manic depression manic manic depression manic depression that's exhausting and it's exhausting and it's just there's also this part about about being being bipolar that you will think the same thought over you and obsess. over and over it's you just don't you have these cyclical thoughts that just go around and around and around and around and it's just it's exhausting i mean and it makes you spiral and it right? makes you, you spiral. Get like yeah oh, like because you can't stop thinking about yeah. it and it's just like i could not stop thinking about maya i mean it went on for all two three months i was like going crazy and then just finally this, yeah. in february of 2008 I was with Logan and I was telling her this and she was like, Nicole, that's not healthy. Like you needed and, someone else to go like, that's not, yeah. that's she's not. like, that's not normal. And then I just started crying and I was like, I just don't know if I'm ever going to be happy. I don't know. Like, I don't know like what to do. I was like, you know, I just want to die. And I just started crying and I, I just couldn't stop. I was hysterical. Like I have never been before. And Logan was like, we're going to go, we're going to go to UCLA's hospital right now. We're going to go to their psychiatric hospital. Yeah. Um, and I was dating a guy at the time and he was a piece of shit and she called him and told him and he was like, all right, well, I'll just meet you guys there or something. Oh, uh, he was a garbage monster. Um, Fuck and that guy. 
went to UCLA and you go through this like admittance process. They take everything away from you and Ugh. you have your friends with you or whomever comes with you. Um, and then they take your friends away and they, you, then it's just you. You can't pee by yourself. You can't do anything by yourself. You're in one of those buttless robes. Um, you're in a buttless robe. Uh, my dream. All your stuff is gone. My prom dress. Yep. They have to <laughs> check. They do a cavity search. Ooh. Um, oh. Ooh, you're a doctor. Is that free? Ooh. Mom, I got fingered by a doctor. No, it was an orderly. Ugh. Um, anyways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then you sit and you talk to this doctor. You talk to him a bunch of different times. But I remember the... Um, the questions they ask you when they're, when they're um, checking you in. Yeah. They, one of the things they ask you is, did you have a plan? And that to me is the most jarring of all the questions. Um, did you have a plan? What was your plan to kill yourself? Wow. To me, it's like people are that organized. Yeah. <laughs> I was like pills and alcohol for sure. I want an open casket. Um, Oh man. Pills and alcohol uh <laughs> were were my weapons of choice. And they're like, what pills? I was like, I don't know. I was just gonna raid the pill cabinet. All of the pills. I was just gonna take all of the pills and drink all of the alcohol. And they're like, Well, what pills do you have? And then I was sitting there, I was like, I don't even know what pills I would have that would I would be able to adequately kill myself. And and then you're like judging yourself. Like, and then I'm like, God, I'm not even good at killing myself. I'm a buffoon. My mom, my mom's right. I lack follow through. Um, <laughs> so, oh, it was so weird. It was just so. And then I sat there for close to 24 hours. I was there. You just kept you overnight. Uh huh. And then the guy who I was seeing was there and he told the therapist was like, all right, we're going to release her. Um, into your care we feel like she's stable enough and then they spoke to my therapist yeah um and the the plan of action was i had to go to therapy twice a week two to three times a week yeah but i agreed to twice a week because three times a week was expensive. so expensive <laughs> yeah that's a week, so expensive twice a week um and i had to do that for until i was um i think i was my, i had like a legal obligation to do it for at least two months and so I agreed to that. My therapist agreed to that. Everybody agreed to that. And then I remember they, my ex had to call my parents and they flew out from Michigan to here. And my parents were like, what's go the what? Like my mom's whole world's fucking crumbling. She's like, my daughter's broken. Oh God. And my then boyfriend was like, he called my parents and was like, you're going to have to come out here. I can't deal with her. And oh. then broke up with me a few months later. What a um, shit fuck. Yeah, what a shit fuck. Piece of garbage. Anyways, I went to therapy. I ended up going to therapy twice a week. Twice a week, probably more. And I just realized that if I was gonna get better, I had to commit myself to it. It's it's work. It's a lot of work. It's, it's you, a, you don't it's, just put a fucking crystal in your bra, you mean? Yeah, and no, what? Magically you feel good? <laughs> you don't get crystals. You don't have to recharge your crystals. You don't get anything. It's just, it is a lot of work. And it's not just medication. You can't just take a pill. No, it's like behavioral. And be better. It's behavioral. It's understanding your mind. It's understanding your moods. It's starting to learn to recognize yeah, things. Yeah, listening to yourself. Really listening to yourself. And, and you are not your diagnosis. That's, that's such an important thing. That's that to me. One of the most important things is you are not your diagnosis there. I, I met a young girl who was diagnosed as bipolar one yeah. recently 
and she was really excited about her diagnosis. She was like, yeah, I'm bipolar. She took a lot of pride in it. That's scary because I think people do have a tendency. It happens with uh, just like physical illness things too, that people attach who yeah. they are to that thing. Yeah. I'm bipolar is a weird sentence. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, which is, it's, it's normalized and people say that, but it, it's weird to go. I'm bipolar versus like, I have been diagnosed with bipolar yeah. disorder. Cause it almost, yeah, you subconsciously don't say, you don't say, it, you don't say I'm cancer. Yeah. I, I mean, arguably some people say I'm cancer, but yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a cancer. She is a cancer though. That's her birth sign. Uh, I'm not, but what's your sign? Fuck them cancers. I'm close to cancer. I'm a Leo. Oh, that's why I love you. Love Leos. Mm, that's a dumb like, statement, but I do. I love them. We're talking serious medical things and we're like, ah, Leos. Mm, so bipolar. So accurate. Um, oh yeah, that's a slippery slope that like if, and I think that's why good doctors and therapists are quick to not put a diagnosis on because they don't want you to go, oh, I'm bipolar. Yeah, it's a sentence. No. It's like people treat it like a sentence if it's yeah. the, you know, the wrong it's not a sentence. It's not who you are. It's not the only thing you're ever going to be. Are you going to have it for the rest of your life? Yeah. But can are you, you going to struggle with it for the rest of your life? No. Yeah. You can work on it. You can it exist with better. it. The obsess. Okay. So we talked about obsessing. Do you still get like that? Obsessive? I mean, I have definitely have some OC. Um, it's not, I'm not an OCD. I just have obsessive compulsive behavior. I love organizing things. I clean a lot. Do you still find yourself getting caught up on like, like with comedy? Do you ever like obsess over a joke or obsess over? I obsess over things. Um, have, are you, do you find, have you found ways to kind of like either to stop yourself? Do you have like things that you've learned or meditating has helped? Nice. Uh, I would say meditating has helped. I would say just talking to somebody else um, and helping them. That's something I learned from. I dated a guy who was an AA and you dated my mom. Um, <laughs> I She's got a great dick. Yeah. And uh, he, he taught me that the best thing to do is when you're kind of spiraling and in a bad place is to be of service to someone else. And I think that is a wonderful lesson to be learned for anybody struggling with anything is that when you have your back against the wall and you don't know what to do to help yourself, help someone else. Because it, it sort of gets your mind off. It gets you in a little yeah. bit of a better mental place because yeah. you're being help. Being helpful just makes you feel better. Yeah. So then Stop you thinking take about a yourself. Little, you take a little take a little thought process away from yourself and put it on somebody else. And I imagine sometimes that gives you the perspective of like, oh, you know, this thing I was obsessing over isn't even that big of a deal. Exactly. Because totally. most things aren't. Nothing's a big deal. Literally nothing, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Nothing's a big deal. Nothing matters. Unless you have cancer and you're dying. Um, uh, nothing. Unless you have something that you're dying of, basically. Nothing matters. Like just you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. And sometimes you need to help somebody else with their problems or talk to somebody who is good at putting it into perspective for you. Get a you know, second there are pair definitely people like you're a soothing person to me. Like when I'm in a bad place, talking to you is a helpful thing for me. Um, I definitely reach out to you when you're I'm talking a, to me or your dog. I'm talking to both <laughs> of you. Oh, I have a dog. I have a dog. Guys, you, can, you can't hear him, but I have my foot on him right now. Buddy. Yeah, he's the best. Hi, bud. Come here. So talking to someone. Talking to someone. Um... Uh, you know, my dog has been funny enough. My dog has been tremendously helpful for my yeah, mental health. Oh just... my God. I cannot recommend enough. If you are bipolar, get an animal, be responsible for something else. It is 
absolutely the most rewarding experience I've had. Yeah, I guess it's like sometimes just having a thing to do. So even without animals, like, and it's and it's hard. I find when you're in a freelance type of profession, mm-hmm. where like like we do comedy, uh, and it's like if I if my schedule randomly like doesn't have like if I don't have an upcoming project or something to do, I feel. I mean, it's it's oh, so I'm so liable to like no dive reason, into depression. Yeah, if you have no reason to get out of bed and go do something, you'll just sit there and indulge in your nothingness yeah i'll just like yeah just go into the sunken place yeah yeah sometimes like even you and i like texting each other i'm like are we gonna we're gonna hang out i'm like i gotta make i think i think that's like i'm a little type a about like plans anyways i'm like make a fucking solid plan i'm trying to do eight million things at once let's make a a time but like i think it forces me to like yeah okay i'm committed to someone i have to get out of bed I think I think the idea of having plans with someone else, it's like I think you and I are such people pleasers and that we don't want to let people down. So it's like, you know, just having plans with you. It's like I don't want to let you down. Like I want to do something with you. And that's like being around you just like I don't know, like even if you're in like a down place, I just feel like talking to you is just helpful to me. Oh. Like you're my Prozac. Oh, I'm a human Prozac. Mm. Oh, I love that. It makes me so happy. Yeah. You're just, you know, you're like one of my one of my people. Oh, I love being your people. You're one of my people. Oh, guys, we're going to bump uglies right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. Mania. <laughs> and here we go to the good part of things. Right? Sync up. Oh, okay. Weird question. Uh, this is a stupid question. Do you, Do you think being bipolar makes period things worse? Oh yeah. Or or vice versa. Do you think like period hormone swings are like whoop? Yeah, I don't deal with period hormone swings that well. Um I definitely don't. Not that I ever have even like when I first started getting my period. Although I didn't have my period for very long until I was diagnosed. I got my period real late. Yeah, oh really? Yeah, I got You're my period when I was like 16 turning 17. Dang. Yeah. Look at you. Way late bloomer. Yeah, I got mine probably really early fifth grade not that early uh like summer after eighth grade right before high school so okay yeah i knew i I remember two girls in my school got their period in fifth grade and it was like the biggest deal oh my gosh she's got her period i remember like i got mine and only my stepdad was home and i was like hey terry he's like what i was like i'm bleeding (laughs) and he's like do you need a band-aid and i was like from my vagina and he's like uh, oh dear god oh hilarious <laughs> and just like called my mom and like she didn't have her period anymore which it turned out she, like she thought she's like i guess i just went through menopause it's like no my mom just had like years of her life where her period didn't come and i think it's because she was like so stressed out and unhealthy and crazy that like that's insane because then she like randomly got it again and she's like oh i thought i thought i just quit having my period and the doctor's like no you probably just fucking stress and shit will oh isn't that crazy what an amazing form of stress that your period goes away i mean i pray for that my period's getting more and more most people get so stressed out that they emotionally eat and get a breakout i mean i'm doing that too yeah like my period in the last few months is becoming closer and closer to regular because i'll just have like 75 days sometimes with no period and you're not on any birth control no and i think it's like I think it is. I'm becoming like more emotionally healthy and fine and like Mm -hmm. handling stress better. There's not less stress in my life. Arguably there's more, but like I'm more equipped to handle it. Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. That's or nice. my body's that's like, nice we got to drop more older, eggs. By the way. Do you think my body's just like, we got to get this bitch pregnant? Yeah. More eggs. Your, your body wants a baby. My body wants a baby so bad. Does yours? No. I, my, I'm definitely not one of those people who like craves. Um, I never in general craved babies. And mm. something about my relationship has made me. And I don't right know if now. it's just a coincidence. And this relationship came along at the right time in my like womanhood where I'm just like, I guess I want a baby now. I've adamantly spoken out against children yeah <laughs> like if i had a baby people would like use old recordings on pad podcasts to like get my baby taken away because i'd be like i would never have a children i had a cactus die i mean once. that actually could be used against you in I, law. <laughs> I, mean, I should never have kids just because i don't want to go to court it's like ugh, what a hassle ugh, i mean kids are just a lot of work so much work do you worry about do you want kids there's a part of me that's scared that I'll go crazy if I have kids. Yeah. Like, my, there's a, I'm like, I think I'd be a bad mom and I yeah, don't want to do that yeah. because I get so. And it's funny. And, and and I have jokes about this in my stand up where I'll say to people, I'm like, I think I would be a bad mom. And then people will be like, I felt the same way. It's like, and yeah. then I had kids. I was like, wait, you thought you'd be a bad mom. Be a bad you, mom and you went kids? out and had kids. Like you went out and tested your theory in the worst way possible. Oh, God. That's and then the mo- of course of course you became a good mom you had no other choice what are you gonna do fucking casey anthony your kid i mean it's fucking crazy but it. everybody like w- i feel like there's this pressure to have kids because it's like you're a woman you've given that you've been given this ability you're supposed to want kids like socially we're yeah, told you're like, supposed to want kids but it's like a it's a shame kids. it's a shame that you put your fucking baby maker to waste how, oh, how you know some women yeah. can't. Some have people, kids. yeah, some women can't have kids. Like they're it's gonna like fucking they guilt you into having a kid. Yeah, if God doesn't want you to have kids, that's Darwinism. I'm living proof of that, by yeah. the way. That like my dad couldn't yeah. have a kid. They spent all this money. My mom had him, like so many miscarriages, and it's like. Yeah quit like how many signs do you need yeah which is like how can you do like artificial insemination and still be religious like if it's what the lord wants it's like you paid for cum in a bucket like (laughs) like what are you oh god someone stuck a needle inside you extracted your egg and then your fucking husband came in a fucking dumpster yeah jesus yeah i think about that all the time that's so funny that you're just like I think I'd be a bad mom too. <laughs> I better have a kid and find out. Yeah. What is this like socially like pressured thing? And then people are like, Oh, what are you, who's going to take care of you when you're old? A fucking nurse. Like, what are you? Yeah, that's, I'm like, wait, are you having kids for a long-term retirement plan? Cause it's like, I, that's why you're having kids. I feel like some kids are like, Oh, I love it. When you're going to rely are like, on someone? I love when moms are like, they have a baby and they're like, Oh, there's my, my baby's my best friend. He's my buddy. Get no, it's some, your fucking baby. Get some real friends. You loser. This yeah. thing doesn't oh. even talk. And the kids probably like, God, this bitch won't leave me alone. I, I can't. I hate, I hate it. When people oh, are like Jesus. my best buddy, I'm like, you got to get out of the house. Yeah. Go for a walk lady. Yeah. God does. Uh, how does, uh, how does bipolar things how does bipolar things well, i'm real smart mm-hmm. how's your love life do you think it's impacted by it i don't have a love life no yeah it's definitely impacted by it yeah it makes it hard to date yeah it's, i don't know how to date i don't know how to date either i have no emotion towards you at all or i have all the emotions you're like obsessive you. and you're like yeah. let me oh you yeah. think i can't drive you away yeah uh-huh. <laughs> all right listen i don't know where this is going but i'm gonna make sh- damn sure it goes nowhere <laughs> do you ever in those scenarios uh do you ever swing on someone like as far as oh yeah have you ever been really into someone you're like oh my god it's working out i love this guy and then one day you're just like boof yeah oh a million times oh god for sure that feeling and then you're like eh. and then those are the ones that are still into you you're like yeah you're like i'm like oh leave me alone go away all i want is love but not from you <laughs> it really is like it really is just 
Uh, the amount of emotions I'm yawning. Sorry. The it's amount okay. of emotions Me I too. have. Oh, oh it's contagious. Shit. Sorry. Uh, HPV is contagious too. You're welcome. Oh my god. Can you get that through yawning? No, but your vagina is pretty close to mine, so. Uh, yeah, probably. One of these lips are just gonna flop out. Yeah. And try to steal your dog, <laughs> <laughs> buddy. <laughs> oh, it's like a sea anemone. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Um, too bad there are no visual aids for my voice. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Where were we? Visual aids. Is that when Magic, Magic Johnson comes in your eye? Who's with me? Oh, oh my God. Oh, up top. Uh, <sighs> we were talking about uh, love lives <laughs> and how hard it is to date. It is. I mean, it's hard to date anyway. In general. That's the thing. Also, in LA, it's like extra hard, I think, because yeah. it's a fountain of like narcissists. I mean, usually it also, when you tell a guy that you're bipolar, it's not like he's like, ooh, yeah, jackpot. Like, there's no guy out at a bar being like, mm, look at the emotional instability on her. How, how early do you t- tell that? Right away. Because you feel like yeah. that's an I obligation. Just, I'm like, let's just get this out of the way. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel like bipolar is a term that gets thrown around a lot. Like people yeah, are queer. Uh-huh. And that, that's why I'm going, I'm saying all these things. And I'm like, I don't want to say I'm bipolar. And then the more you tell stories, I'm like, I should probably see a therapist. Yeah. Uh, girls will be like, ugh, I'm so bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ugh. Like people definitely do that. People definitely throw the term around as just a term for crazy people. Um, and that's that fine. One of my favorite things is when people are like, oh, which personality is it today? I'm, I'm like, like, it's, it's not, not multiple personality disorder. It's bipolar. There's just two parts. That's it. <laughs> think so two two person actually technically it would be three parts so maybe it is multiple personality but anyways <laughs> potato potato um now multiple personality disorder that's an interesting disorder oh yeah did dissociative identity i want to mm-hmm. interview someone but it's like which one of them are you gonna interview yeah now? who are you gonna get like you can you get the person that's that. centered I know. Oh my God. Can you imagine if someone just flipped in the middle of an interview oh, amazing sometimes i wonder if like because I used to do I a lot of characters if it's like interviews. a near manifestation. But I always, I'm a hypochondriac. So I'm yeah. like, is this what that is? Uh-huh. But then. No, they don't know about each other. But they can start to. When you're going through, uh, when you actually start going to. I, I've chatted with someone about it who who had got diagnosed with it. And once you start doing treatment for it and a therapist recognizes it, there's. They start, to, they can start to like know each other. And that's the pattern of like breaking it down. Because like, uh-huh. most people who have that have had severe severe trauma yeah like horrific trauma yeah. uh, i can't believe i've never googled youtube interviews of people with dissociative identity yeah. disorder uh-huh because multiple personality is not it's the same thing it's the same thing but it's not that's not the pc that's, DSM not the, that's term the, yeah that's the that's just the like layman's term yeah it's like manic depression versus bipolar one call them what i call them cuckoo uh-huh. uh a bunch of cuckoo nutbags a bunch of quacks yeah i mean if anyone is listening and you know someone with did uh at this time in the Los Angeles area, please, please reach out to me. I would yeah. love to interview them. I would too. Uh, until they like murder me. <laughs> what other? I, I mean, that's a good that. way to go. Like, yeah, they'll make the news as long as the interview still goes out. You know, yeah. Anything for the fans. Slash my mom, who's like, how do I turn on this? I think she's in Korea, so they don't have iPhones. So I'm like, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm okay with the podcast. People are like, is it anywhere but i i uh, i too? Is it anywhere but iPhone? I'm an idiot. But Apple, I'm like, not right now. Uh, let me think. Anything 
so you tell people up front you're like hey i'm bipolar yeah i like to get it out of the way real quick would you uh I'm like i'm bipolar but i'm not bipolar one and two i'm something called cyclothymia which is like the more palatable and at version. this point they're like i have to get away from it. they're like they're like you're 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 literally listing the <laughs> Oh God, I love. I you mean, so I much. also don't date anyone who doesn't know me at first. Like, I'll never just date a stranger. Yeah, you're not like you seem nice. Yeah. Do you um? Uh, do you have any like favorite any of the comedians you look up to? Bipolar. I don't know what comedians are bipolar. I mean, I me know. neither. I just am saying that. I mean, somebody I think asked. there's. I think there's probably a bunch out there. I don't know. Um, do you talk about it a lot in your act? Just that one joke. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I talk about it. I have that one joke where I say, um, just found out I'm bipolar. The therapist told me one of the diagnostic features is being promiscuous. So all these years I wasn't a slut. I was just sick and I was self-medicating with dick. I love that. And then another joke I have is, um, bipolar is not like a quality that's like attractive there's no guy out there looking for that like there's you know guys are out at the bar there's like a guy in every group of guys there's a guy who's like a titty guy this guy's an ass guy but there's no guy who's like oh yeah do you see the emotional instability on her i love that because i i've been like i mean i'm not the same joke but yeah there's no like personality guys i'm like where are they yeah there's i mean there's just no like you know and it's like there's no guy who's like, ooh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to fucking get into that medicine cabinet. And I'm going to fucking find that lithium. Yeah. Like, no one so, wants that. Right. Well, it's just like people will take that with a, it's like the same as like it's as corny as it is. I'm like hacky to say like the hot crazy scale. If you're their right type of physical thing, they're going to fucking let you get oh. away with a lot more. But it's like like when people go men just don't want to date funny women it's like no they're just not willing to overlook everything else because you're funny like women are you know yeah, it's like totally i mean they're not their matter physical of type, like you can't laugh they can't laugh into your yeah. heart you know like yeah suddenly you're attractive looks to matter more to a guy than anything yeah and it's uh unfortunate for me but no you you're don't. so i would i would fuck you and your personality i love you so much I want to titty fuck your personality. Uh, my ter- my personality is double D's. They're mm. just big juicy she titties. Does. Just oh, with nice nice formed areolas. Uh, ooh, nothing like a good areola to just really. <laughs> areola uh, was my father's name. <laughs> areola. Uh, let me think. I feel like I don't have any more questions, but what do you think? Any any closing thoughts? Oh, you know what? I have one. Uh, if people have a family member or a close friend who they know is bipolar, is there anything they can do or say that you feel like, you know, you can't speak for everyone, but like for yourself that like, if they think they notice someone going into like a manic episode or do they just have to be like, Hey, I'm here or, or depressive. Well, if they're already diagnosed, then just be like, Hey, are you okay? You're seeming a little, uh, mood swingy. Um, getting a little high there. Uh, but if they haven't been diagnosed before, God, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know what to tell you guys. You you need to go see a therapist for yourself to figure it out. Cause it's just, every case is different. Every person is different. I had someone come up to me recently in the, in uh, a comedian in the comedy community talking to me about how he thought his brother was um, bipolar. Oh, that's gotta be. And what he can do. And I was like, that's the worst. I was like, you just need to 
be there. Listen, don't be aggressive. Let him come to you. You know, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot you can do. Yeah. You kind of just have to be, I think, I think it's important and tell me if you feel the same. It's just like, don't underestimate the power of just reaching out to a friend and going, Hey, are you okay? Yeah. Let him like, just so they know that you're there. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. Like you good. Yeah. Just, I mean, just be, be a, a safe space. Be a listener, be a listener. Big time. That's a big one. Big thing. Be a listener. Um, come from a place of love. Anytime you talk to them, if you even have to start every sentence with, I love you, I care about you. Are you okay? Don't tell them how they are at first. Yeah. Don't I, and start, I think, start from love, start from, um, concern, care, concern and care. Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's it from a bipolar question. Um, you got anything you want to plug or what are you, if you have any final thoughts on, if there's any buddy who thinks they're bipolar and you're listening to this and you're wondering, um, about yourself, just go see a therapist. Don't contact me with questions. Yeah. You can, but like, just go to a go to a professional. I'm not a professional. Also, don't contact her with advice on what she should do for her. Yeah, book. and I don't yeah. know if you get that a lot when people hear yeah, your bipolar. Tell me. I honestly like, please don't don't give me any suggestions. Um, about you know, like what's worked for you. What works for someone doesn't work for someone else. Let everybody figure out their own their own thing. Like, yeah, please, by all means, don't just, contact me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Uh, just be supportive and uh, talk to somebody else. Yeah, like, Any, I'm not uh, a therapist. I'm not a therapist. Well, it's I'm true. Not a it's also like don't negate prof- you know professional help. It's yeah. good. Like, yeah, go get professional help. It's, don't ask your friend Joe Schmo. Yeah, I mean, no if offense you have a to question, Joe Schmo if you are ask a doctor. Me a question out there. by all means. <laughs> They're but just, don't contact me. By there's all means. some therapist named Joe Schmo. He's like, I don't appreciate you slandering me on your podcast. <laughs> I didn't want the plug. Do you? Uh, okay. Any any plugs for you? Where can people find you? Oh, man. Just find me on all social media at Nicole Amy or at the Nicole Amy. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I go uh, go see her when she's uh, when she's somewhere near you. She's a very funny comedian and one of my dearest friends. And I love her. And, and I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Otherwise, I would plug shows. But I'm going to I'm going to I mean, it can come out tomorrow. Well, or Wednesday, whatever. We don't know when it's coming out. Just follow me on social media and you'll be able to find out when my shows are. If you really like me, just tweet to me. And I'll tell you where you can come see me. Yeah, I try just, not to keep my show dates on my website because I've had a stalker who got a little out of hand, uh, and the that's um, so frustrating. The the detective who served him his cease and desist told me that she thought it would be a good idea if I took my dates off my website. The things that may I would mm-hmm. think if you do your job less, that might help you not get stalked. Yeah, it's sort of your fault for yeah, putting uh-huh. your location. So out there. I had to take that off there because I was afraid of him showing up. What a so just uh, call me in that like. case. Uh, my or number text is me. Or, I mean, um, you, whatever. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Just keep an eye out for her. Go, yeah. uh, go see her. All Wait right. Uh, and then I'm JMS Comedy. You guys know that because I tell you it all the time. Uh, and this has been great. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest. I love you. I love you. Bye. Well, there you have it. Bipolar Disorder and Nicole Amy Schreiber. We have fun. If you like the podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes if you haven't already. Um, Rates and reviews really help. It bumps us up. It's very helpful. I'll never stop asking. Uh, Obviously, please subscribe so you can hear more because, you know, uh, I want you you to hear it and share it with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes, and I think this helps. 
shows. I will be releasing this ASAP, so uh, you can see me the rest of the weekend at Goliath Comedy Club in Johannesburg, uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, 17th and 18th of March, if you're just tuning in late and you're like, wait, and it's 2020 and you finally found my podcast. Uh, This is 2017. Uh, And then I'll be at the Pop Art Theater in Johannesburg on Sunday, March 19th. And then I have a ton of shows in Cape Town. I'll be at Cape Town Comedy Club March 20th through the uh, 26th, with the exception of the 21st. There's not a show that night. Uh, And a bunch of other cool spots in Cape Town. Uh, I'm getting up a, a whole lot, so jessicamichellesingleton.com to see those and then uh april 6th through the 8th i'm in buffalo at helium comedy club with steve ranazizi uh so come and and more to come after that you know uh i'd be performing i don't know why i said that uh all right well uh follow the podcast on twitter at blessed podcast tweet at us if you have uh guest recommendations or questions about a topic that you maybe like would like to uh have us recover if we if we do a follow-up episode and as always please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity or uh has the same disorder etc they're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world uh once again i'm jessica michelle singleton at jms comedy on instagram or twitter uh, you can always hit me up on my Facebook fan page with messages for uh, for types of people you want me to interview, questions, uh, dumb commentary. You can tweet that at me, whatever. Uh, just uh, just do it because uh, I want to answer the questions you have as well as all the stupid questions I have. And together we can maybe learn one thing a year, no matter how many uh, podcasts I put out because we'll just hear it and it goes out the other year. But I'm trying. I'm doing my best, you know? <sighs> The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down others. Damn it. You guys, why do I try to have a catchphrase at the end of my podcast? The point is, get smart and then uh, hold it above everyone's head. Uh, but not really. That's not really I. It's not really my point. But you should learn and be open-minded because uh, it's easier to learn things if you have an open mind. And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.